Bibles with me tonight to the book of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 5. And um, we are studying the sermon, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we're dealing with the, the first part of that Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, the attitudes that be. And it's to be, these are, these are um, the character, the characteristics of those who are saved and who are living for the Lord. And Jesus is teaching his disciples. He has called his 12 disciples to the, up to the mountain to teach them. And the Bible says, it says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1, and seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Now, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and I, I've mentioned this, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, it was Jesus just calling his disciples. He was teaching them. We'll find later on um, in the Sermon on the Mount that there were more multitudes that came to listen to him, but this was addressed to his disciples. So what Jesus is teaching here is preparing them for the ministry, for what's ahead. And what he's teaching here is for us as believers as well and um, uh, how we should conduct and live our lives. So he's talking to his disciples, and it said in verse 2 that he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. We want to remind you the word blessed there. Uh, makarios is the Greek word, and it means to be happy. It means to be fortunate, to be envied. Um, and so we can uh, say that Jesus is talking here about how to have a happy life how to have a blessed life, how to have a happy life, what kind of a life that you and I are to live if we want to be happy. And we know the world is trying to, everybody's wanting to be happy. Everybody's trying to find happiness, but they're looking in all the wrong places. We talked about a little bit about that, Bob and I did, at the men's meeting last night. The world thinks that, you know, the only way to be happy is to live it up and, you know, the more stuff you got and the more money you got and the more, you know, cars and toys and, and the more you can enjoy the pleasures of life. That's what makes happiness or what makes you happy. But that's not what makes us happy. Jesus gives the blueprint here. This is God's blueprint for true happiness in our lives. If we'll pattern our lives after these beatitudes, these nine beatitudes, we will be have happiness in, and joy in our life. We will be blessed. How many want to be blessed? Amen. So he's, he opens his mouth and he teaches them, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Amen. Blessed, here's verse number 6, and here's where we're at tonight. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst 
for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. How many has ever been really hungry? Maybe you're here tonight and you're just hungry. You haven't had any supper or whatever. You're just you needing something to eat. I think we've all been hungry. We know what it is to be hungry or to be thirsty. I don't think any of us have ever been to the place where we have... Uh, have been starving, although we have said that before, haven't we? Well, I'm just starving to death. You know, maybe, uh, you know, when's dinner going to be ready? Because I'm starving, I'm famished. But, you know, most of us here in America have never had to endure that plight of starvation because we, most of us, have had access to plenty of food. We are blessed here in America. I mean, you know, we none of us, you know, none of us, um, you know, are going hungry. We we seem to have plenty to eat. I know there are those here in this nation that that um, kids some in some places that go to bed hungry. It shouldn't be here in America because we have been blessed so much. But. But we have always had, I know in my life I've always had access to plenty of food. You can tell that by looking at me. Amen. I've never been deprived of anything to eat. And uh, I've always had a healthy appetite. I've always enjoyed eating and always had a, a healthy appetite. And so, you know, uh, but, but, but there are a lot of people in the world today that are, that are facing starvation, that are facing dehydration. And, and starvation and dehydration does a number on the body. Of course, we are aware of the fact that, um, that a person goes without food for so long or without water for so long. I think they say 40 to 50 days without food a person can live. Uh, about about three days without water, but but uh, starvation, dehydration will do a number on the body and will eventually cause death. And so we all know what hunger is. We get hungry, and thank God that He's placed, uh, given us an appetite that He gives us hunger because we all get hungry, and when we get hungry, we eat, and sometimes we eat when we're not hungry. Amen. Anybody ever do that? Praise God. <laughs> but we get hungry and we eat. And when we eat, the hunger is satisfied. And we're not hungry anymore for several hours or whatever, you know. Uh, should be for several hours, but the hunger is satisfied. We get thirsty and we drink and the thirst is quenched, you know. But, but then, you know, after several hours, no matter how much you eat or stuff yourself, did you notice that you, you can be so full? Anybody ever do this on Thanksgiving? You get so stuffed on, on, on all that good food that you think, I'll not want anything to eat for two or three days. Anybody ever been there? I think that'd be a good time, you know, to go on a fast because... I know I'm not going to be hungry for for a couple of days, but you know the you know how that always goes, don't you? Before the and when the evening, you're back in there getting leftover turkey and cranberry sauce and everything else because hunger has returned. 
after several hours. And that's the way God has made us and the way that God has designed us. And it's a good thing that he's made us that way because without that, without an appetite, without hunger, we'd, we wouldn't eat. And you know, it's a dangerous thing when, when somebody's so sick that they lose their appetite and they just don't want to eat. I, I was that way back a couple of years ago when COVID went around. We had COVID. I, I couldn't eat. I didn't want to eat. I couldn't taste anything I was eating. I couldn't smell it. So, uh, you know, I kind of lost my appetite. But but it's a dangerous thing. So we, an appetite's a good thing. But here, Jesus is telling us about another kind of an appetite. He's talking about another kind of hunger and thirst. He's telling us here, he says, Blessed and happy is that individual, that person that is hungry for the things of the Lord. He said, Bless, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. So he's talking about a different kind of a hunger. He's talking about a spiritual hunger. He's talking about those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And he's saying here that a happy person is one who passionately, and that's what hunger, that's what, what he's dealing with here and what he's talking about when he's talking about this spiritual hunger, that that happy person, that blessed person is the one who passionately desires righteousness, who passionately hungers for righteousness, or in other words, someone who passionately desires and craves that righteous life. And you know, we should, we never, ever, ever have, to, we never should lose, some people do, but we should never lose that spiritual hunger. And so when we talk about this spiritual hunger, you know how it is, just like in the natural, you eat, and, uh, and then you're satisfied, and then you get hungry again, and so you eat again, and it's that way in the spiritual realm. You, you eat, you feed, you have a good meal, you study the Bible, you have a good prayer time, you come to church. You worship the Lord. Uh, why do we come to church? Because we're hungry for God. We have a hunger for the Lord. We have a desire for the Lord. Why do we pray and read the Word of God? It's a thirst and a desire and a hunger for the things of God. So we have a good meal and a good Bible study, a good time of worship and prayer, and you dig into the things of God. You get into the Word of God. Uh, you know, I I love to do it every morning. That, you know, Vicki and I, that is our... Um that is just a habit that we have. It's a good habit uh, to get into. But every morning we have our, our quiet time with the Lord. We have our time of prayer and the Word of God. And uh, first thing in the morning, we're satisfying a spiritual hunger that we have for the Word of God and for the things of God. So you, 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 you feed on God and you get satisfied and you're strengthened and you're refreshed. But you know what? That hunger then is satisfied, but then it just like in the natural, that spiritual hunger comes back, and you want to do that again. 
Is, are you with me? Amen. You don't just read the Bible just one time or read one or two verses and say, well, that'll do me for this year. No, you get a, a hunger, a, a hunger that comes back, uh, you know, probably later on that day for some more of God's Word and, and some more of prayer. You want to do it again. And that's a good sign. That's a good sign. That's a sign that you want to see that. that that you want to have and see in your life. Amen. So it's not a one-time thing. It's not just once a month. I don't get hungry just once a month or eat just once a month, but I do it on a daily basis. I'm glad I get hungry every day, and I'm glad that I'm hungry for the Lord every single day. So, you know, it doesn't matter. No matter how much a person prays, and uh, the Lord never tells us anywhere in the Bible that you have to pray so many hours a day or so many minutes a day, but He does say that when you pray, we are supposed to pray, and we are supposed to have devotions, and we are supposed to spend time with the Lord. But it doesn't say how much, but no matter how much you pray, you still need to pray. Is that right? No matter how much you read God's Word, you still need to continue to read the Word of God. That's where that spiritual hungering and thirsting for the Lord comes in. And blessed are those. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Blessed are those that continually, not just once in a great while, but continually hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he said, they shall be be filled. Now, when you look at these Beatitudes, and um, uh, this is our fourth Beatitude that we're covering, but there is an order in these Beatitudes. And number one, remember the the first one we covered were, blessed are the poor in spirit. Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, the poor in spirit, that, that was someone, that's when we see ourselves as we are. So here's the, here's the order. The poor in spirit. First, you see yourself poor in spirit. That means that you're nothing. You, you realize you're nothing without Jesus. That you see yourself as you really are without the Lord, lost and away from God, that's being poor in spirit, amen, spiritually and morally bankrupt. If you'll remember that word poor, there was a lot of Greek words that are used for poor, but the one that Jesus used there about being poor in spirit was one that meant to be utterly destitute. And so that's what that's how we are. That's the way we are without Christ. We are totally spiritual. Humanity, mankind is totally spiritually bankrupt without Christ. So you see that need. You see yourself as you are. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Then there is the mourning and repenting of a sin. The second beatitude was, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We talked about the godly sorrow that leads to repentance. So there was a mourning then. Once a person sees how they really are before God without Jesus, then there's a mourning and a repenting and a sorrowful 
sorrowfulness for sin. And then the result of that is what we studied last week, blessed are the meek. So there is meekness then and submission unto God and to the will of God. So can you see the, uh, the order here, how Jesus is, is given the, the, uh, the order of these beatitudes? They see their need of salvation. They repent of their sins. Then they're submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ and submitted to the will of God. And now the fourth one is, then you begin. When, you're, when, when, you, when you come to the Lord, then you begin to have that hunger and that thirst for God himself. Amen. Oh, my. When I, when I was thinking about this and I thought about how it was, when I came to the Lord and got saved. Because I'm going to tell you what, I didn't want anything to do with church. I didn't want nothing to do with the Bible. I didn't want anybody talking to me about God. Amen. Kind of like them guys you're working with, Brother Bob. You know, they didn't want to hear anything about that. But it does them good to hear it anyway. But, uh, you know, I didn't want anything to do with the Lord. I, I was, I, you know, I was filling up. I was filling up on the pleasures. I had a hunger all right, but I was, I was feeding on some wrong things. Amen. To satisfy that hunger. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But, oh, man, when I, when I got under conviction and I saw myself for who I was and I came to church and I gave my heart to Jesus and I got under conviction and I got in that altar and I wept and, and, and repented and turned to the Lord, man, and submitted myself to Him. You know things changed in my life. I had a different hunger. I had a different desire. I wanted something different. It wasn't the same. Amen. You know, I got up from that altar and I, I know I had beer in my refrigerator at home, but I didn't want that anymore. There was a thirst for something different. Hallelujah. Praise God. I had some of my buddies came by. Uh, it was a week or so, a few days after I got saved. Knocked on the door, opened the door. Man, they was ready to party. I said, I don't do that anymore. What in the world happened to you? I said, I got saved. I got saved. Uh, Jesus has come into my heart and life. And they thought I was crazy. It, it got to going around. Hensley's got religion. Well, thank God I didn't get religion. Amen. I'm glad I didn't get religion. There's a lot of people got religion and still got a hunger for this world. But I thank God that I got good, old-time, old-fashioned salvation through the blood of Jesus and a born-again experience. Amen. Man, that gave me, yeah, that gave me, and you, you all can relate to that. That gave us then a different desire. I had a hunger now, but I wanted more. I, I was so hungry. I mean, I, you know, I, I, just, I said, when do we get to come back? I was ready to come. When's the next service? I'm ready to come back. That's the kind of hunger that Jesus is talking about. And so there's so many people that are not filled they're not filled because they've not been emptied. See, Jesus said they, that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. But you know, there's so many today that are not hungering after righteousness because they're still full of their own self. They're still filled with self-will. They're still filled with pride. And all of that stuff's got to go. That's that where that mourning and that repenting comes in and that turning to the Lord and all of that needs to go. Then we can be hungry and thirsty for righteousness and for the things of God. Now, my wife fixes, she prepares excellent meals. 
she put some of that on Facebook. Somebody told me here a while back, I was talking, uh, <laughs> I don't know what pictures he was looking at, but uh, an evangelist friend of mine said, how do you stay so slim? I don't know where he got that at. But he said, you, uh, <laughs> he said, I see all that food Vicky's posting on Facebook. He said, I don't see how you can keep from, you know, being real overweight. Well, she does fix some excellent meals. She is a good cook, and I enjoy eating what she fixes amen but you know what if i was if i was would, was to leave to go home and knowing she's going to prepare a big meal at home and uh, have something good to eat at home if i was just to think well i'm going to stop off at hunt's on the way and i thought i'm kind of hungry for a double western cheeseburger bacon cheeseburger and some curly fries and a large chocolate shake and i'm just gonna stop down at hunts and i'm gonna and, and if i sat there and ate that double western bacon cheeseburger and curly fries and drank that big large chocolate malt you know what you know what when i got home hallelujah there may be a more a great wonderful delicious meal on the table but i've got a problem i'm not going to want to eat any of it you know why because i'm not going to have an appetite I have filled up on something else. Is anybody with me? I've filled up on something else, and I'm not hungry for what I really need. I've, I've took the time to fill up on junk food, and so I'm not hungry for the good food that I need. Does that make any sense to anybody? You see what I'm saying? And so, see, that's what, that's what we have to watch out for. We cannot fill up on other things because if we do, we'll lose that hunger and thirst for God. So the question that we need to ask as we study this is, how hungry and thirsty are we for the Lord and for spiritual things? Are you hungry for God? Is there a thirst for the Lord? You know, David in the Psalms talked about this many occasions, but he said, David said, in describing his thirst for the Lord, uh, in Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, he said it was like a deer. He said, just as that deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Man, man, that needs to be where we're at tonight. Amen. He said in Psalm 63, Psalm 63 and verse 1, David said, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. See, that's where we need to be, where we're thirsting for the Lord more than we are anything else. See, there's a lot of Christians tonight. There's a lot of believers, a lot of people within churches today that have lost their appetite for the things of God. Don't ever let that happen to us here at Abundant Life Family Church. Come on, amen. Oh, hallelujah. If I get in that place, and I, I'll be honest with you, I've been there before in my spiritual walk where, uh, you know, I just, you know, I would want to skip a few days of praying or skip a few days and, you, you know, begin to lose that hunger. You got to get that thirst back. You got to keep that hunger for God. Don't lose your spiritual appetite. But there are those who, who have lost it. 
lost that appetite for the Word of God. And, and uh, we need to take time for that every day. And prayer and seeking the face of God and fellowshipping with the Lord. Amen. There must be a hunger and a desire in our hearts and our lives for worship, for worship, for coming to church, enjoying the house of God and the fellowship with one another. And, um, this, the, you know, the worship together, the corporate worship. We've got to have a hunger for that. Amen. We've got to have a hunger for that. That's why I'm, I'm excited about the, uh, the Monday night prayer meetings. Man, the, 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 the folks that are coming and uh, Monday night, just a good, another good crowd. And, and just, uh, man, just an awesome time. But you know what that shows me? You know what that says? There's some people that are hungry. I was just having prayer meeting at the wrong time of day. Praise God. Which, you know, that's good for those that are retired and can come like that. But, but man, that shows me that people are thirsty for the things of God. Amen. So a happy person is that one that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. So this beatitude here that, that Jesus is giving speaks of, when he talks of hunger and thirst, he's talking about a strong desire He's talking about a driving pursuit. He's talking about a passionate force that's inside of the soul. He's talking about that passionate desire of people who want to be right with God. How many of you say that tonight? I want to be right with God. They have a desire to live right and to do right. They want to walk with God. These that have this passionate desire, they long for the things of God. That, listen to me, that is where your happiness will come from. Come on, amen. That is where your happiness will come from. And, you know, you can take somebody that has nothing materially, nothing, you know, finances. And people think, well, let's say, you know, the more money I get and, and all of that, that's going to give happiness. But you can have absolutely nothing. But if you know Jesus, amen, if you know Jesus and you've got a passion for him, that is where your happiness comes from, your joy comes from, your victory comes from. It is not going to come from the things of this world. Amen. So he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Righteousness. Now what is he talking about here? When he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now he isn't talking about. Let me tell you what he is not talking about. He's not talking about the imputed righteousness that you receive when you're born again. How many knows that when you get born again, you receive, have imputed to you the very righteousness of Jesus Christ? Right? He took, takes away that old uh, tattered garment, as the song says, and gave me a robe of pure white. I'm feasting on manna from heaven, and that's why I'm happy tonight. Praise God. But um, we get, we get uh, receive as a free gift. It's justification by faith, and we 
have imputed to us the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. He takes away our unrighteousness and makes us righteous. He who knew no sin became sin or a sin offering for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if you are a born-again believer tonight, if you are saved, let me save people we got. Amen. Everybody saved. Praise God. Then you have his righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. All right? So if you have that righteousness, then you don't have to hunger for that. It is yours. It's been imputed to you. So what is the righteousness that he's referring to that we're to hunger and thirst after? That righteousness that Jesus refers to here is, is a life of holiness and righteousness. In other words, it's it's... It's wonderful to have the imputed righteousness on the inside, but the righteousness that's on the inside has got to come out on the outside. Uh, let me put it this way. The righteousness that he places in you and makes you on the inside will show up on the outside. Come on, amen. It is a, it is a, a, a life of holiness. It is a life, and, and this, you know, here's the word, sanctified. It's a sanctified life. It's a life that is set apart unto God separated from the world, separated from what we used to be, and brought into, uh, given that righteousness, that divine nature, the Spirit of the Lord on the inside of us, and that desire and hunger and thirst to live out that righteousness in our everyday life. Are, are you with me? Amen. It means that you're, you're desiring and hungering and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for a righteous, holy, set-apart lifestyle. That is what he's talking about. So these individuals, and this should, be a, this should be the hunger in every one of our hearts, is to live out that righteousness that is in us. So I have the righteousness of God in my heart, but God wants it to get from my heart into my walk and into my talk, and into my actions, and into my character. Come on. And he wants it to show up on the outside. That hunger and thirst is a life of holiness. We used to sing that old song, you know, uh, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, hallelujah. And if he's on the inside, he will show up on the outside. He told us. We'll find out in the latter, the last verse of this chapter when we get there next year sometime, uh, we'll find out that he said, <laughs> be therefore perfect, even as your Father is in, which is in heaven is perfect. And he said, uh, well, in a few verses down, let your light so shine that men may see your good works. See, the light of righteousness is on the inside, but it's got to shine on the outside. And every one of us as believers are, are lights that shine in a dark place in this world. Amen. So we need to hunger and thirst for that. See, this is not, now, you know, when we talk of holiness, some people, you mentioned the word holiness and people get all shook up. Because holiness has meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people. 
over the years. And some today, you know, if you start talking about holiness, they'll say that's legalism. You're legalistic and, and everything, you know, like that. But there's a whole difference in living holy and being legalistic. Amen. And so when we talk about Bible holiness, Bible holiness is not being legalistic or living, living a legalistic lifestyle. And it's not coming under, under some kind of a law. It's not uh, following certain rituals. It's definitely not. It's definitely not religion. It's not following certain rules or rituals or regulations. But the holiness that the Bible talks about that we are to put on that we've been made. We are His workmanship. Amen. Created in Christ Jesus. Created in righteousness and true holiness. There's a true holiness and then there's a false holiness, right? Amen. So we want that true holiness. So the true holiness is that desire of our heart that you want to be like Jesus. The word holiness simply means to be set apart. Praise God. It's the same word as the word saint. When you get saved, you become a saint. We are all saints. This is the saints at the church of abundant life in Farmington. We are saints. You don't have to die and be canonized after you get to heaven for doing some good works to be a saint. The Pope can't make you a saint. Jesus makes you a saint when you get born again. And so it's the same word that's used for separation and sanctification and it means it means a desire in our heart to be separate from this world. Jesus said we're in this world but we're not of this world. Praise God for that. Hallelujah! But it's a desire in our heart to be like Jesus. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And so this is the hunger we have. This is the thirst we have. We want to please him. We want to live like him. We want and desire and hunger to be conformed into his image. And this hunger and thirst comes from inside of us. Oh, hallelujah. I, I can't get enough of him. I can't. The more, and that's what true hunger is. You know, you eat a good, you get some, you, know, you fix something really good. Get a new recipe, fix something really good, and you just can't stop eating. You just eat it till you can't hold no more. And you know what? You, 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 you get satisfied, but you know that's so good. I'd like to have that fix that again. That was just so good. Amen. So, so that's what this, this is. It's a hunger that comes from the inside to be like him. See, we're no longer, we, when, when we no longer crave that righteousness and holiness in our lives, it's because we've stopped off at the burger place on the way to Father's house and filled up with a bunch of junk food. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. Well, I could go some different directions here, but I better stay, stay on track. But, you know, when people get to eating wrong spiritual food, they lose the hunger for the true bread of life. So we need to be careful about what we eat. All right? So, 
We've got to empty ourselves of things that cannot satisfy us, get a hunger and thirst for God and His righteousness, and then you'll be blessed, and then you'll experience true happiness and satisfaction. All right? This righteous lifestyle that Jesus is talking about here and that the Word of God talks, talks about is a continuous walk. As I said a while ago, hunger and thirst can only be satisfied temporarily. We can eat one meal, we, or we can't eat one meal and never be hungry again. Hunger comes on a daily basis. So in the same way, the righteous walk and lifestyle of the believer is a continuous walk. It's every day. Amen. So everyone has hunger. Everybody eats and drinks. Every person in this world was created with a sense of inner emptiness that only God can fill. Can I say that again? Everybody that's born into this world was created with a sense of an inner emptiness and a, and a longing that only God can fill. And here's the problem is that so many try to satisfy their hunger and thirst, that hunger, that emptiness with things that cannot satisfy them. Amen. That's, there's that, you, you've heard that, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a place in the heart, there's an emptiness there that only God, that, that people are looking for. But, but only God can satisfy that. Only Jesus can satisfy that. Only the, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of that person can satisfy that. So what do they do? They go to other places. They try to satisfy themselves with alcohol and, and drugs. This is the problem in the world. Why are so many people seeking after alcohol and drugs? Why is it even infiltrating the churches today? I mean, you know, this, this craving and this desire and this, this rebellion this, I don't know if it's a rebellion. I guess it is. I don't know. But, but where people say, don't tell me. I want my alcohol. I'm going to drink. What's wrong with that? I'll tell you what's wrong with that. They're not getting what they need to satisfy that hunger for righteousness. And they're seeking it somewhere else. The alcohol, the drugs, rampant in the world today. People think that money or material possession is going to satisfy that longing. They search for it with fame and power and popularity and immorality and sex and even religion. None of those things can satisfy the longing in those people's hearts, the hunger that they have. They try all these things and they're never satisfied. Mick Jagger still can't get no satisfaction. Amen? What's he been singing that, what, 60 years? <laughs> And he still hadn't found it. You know why? He's looking in the wrong place. Praise God, it's not found in rock music. It's not found in drugs. It's not found in alcohol. It's not found in the things of this world. It's only found in Jesus. In Jesus. In Jesus is the only place to have that thirst and that hunger satisfied. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, that prodigal, you know, that, that, that son that 
turned prodigal. You know, he, he went to his father and he said, I want all my stuff. I want my inheritance. I'm tired of going, staying here. I, I'm, you know, the grass is greener out there. I'm going to go, I'm going to live it up in the world. But he got out there and wasted all that he had on righteous, prodigal, sinful living. Everybody was his buddy as long as he had a lot of money. But he spent it all and, and wound up completely bankrupt, wound up completely broke, wound up busted, wound up disgusted. And there he was, hungry, and, and didn't have anything, wound up with a, a job feeding the pigs, slopping the hogs, which was the lowest, that's the lowest that a Jew boy could go, would to be feeding those swine. Oh, an unclean place that he was in. He was so hungry that he fed on the foods that the pigs ate. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what this world is doing tonight. Amen. But that which he was feasting on couldn't satisfy. But then one day he saw himself as he was. And the Bible said that he came to himself. Don't give up. One day they just come to themselves. They, they, they wake up and they say, what am I doing in this mess? I know that's what happened to me. Praise God. And they come to themselves and say, I've got to get out of this hog pen. I've got to get back to the Father's house. That's where I can be satisfied. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. And he came back. He returned back to his father's house. And you know what he found there? His hunger was, 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 was satisfied there because daddy got the fatted calf out. And he killed the fatted calf. And he had a feast. And he had a party. And he put a ring on his finger. And he put some shoes on his feet. And he took off those old clothes that were covered with hog slop. And he gave him that robe of righteousness. Praise God. And he's back home at Father's house satisfied. Forgive me for preaching, but I just feel it tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is what this world is doing. They're, they're trying to satisfy that emptiness and that longing with things that will not satisfy Amen, Isaiah 55 and 2, Isaiah said this. God asked this question of his people. He said, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Why do you give your entire life and being to something that can't help you and you still are hungry and you're still miserable and you're still not satisfied? Ladies and gentlemen, listen, you, you all know this tonight. There is no substitute in this world. There is no substitute for a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. But people have forsaken God. They've forsaken God. Jeremiah said that they had forsaken in his day. Jeremiah said, you've forsaken the fountain of living water to hew out for yourself broken cisterns. That can hold no water. They were drinking old nasty water when they had when they had a, a well there, a living water that they could have been drinking from. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Trying to satisfy the need for God with junk food of the world cannot be done. It's impossible. Isn't that what Jesus told that woman at the well? 
He said, he said uh, whoever drinks this water will do what? Thirst again. It won't satisfy you. But he said, I'm going to tell you what, I got some water. You <laughs> Woo, I don't know. I'm just happy tonight. He said, I got some water you can drink of. And if you'll drink of the water that I give, you'll never thirst. But it'll be a well, a fountain of water in you springing up into everlasting life. That's what the world is looking for, and they don't realize it. I'm glad I found it. But I'm still hungry for more. Is anybody with me? I still have, I'm satisfied, but there's a, still a continuous hunger for more. Do you understand that? That's, that's, what we've, that's what we're looking for. Somebody said, well, are you sure about that? Yeah, look at Moses, man. Moses, he had a spiritual hunger. I mean, God appeared to him in the, in the wilderness, in the burning bush. He, he, he had that experience with God. He went down to Egypt. He saw the power, the miraculous power of God in operation with those ten plagues in Egypt. Moses led those people out of Egypt. He stood there at the Red Sea, stretched his rod out over the Red Sea. He saw God part the Red Sea. They went through on dry ground, and then he saw that Red Sea swallow up those Egyptians. He saw the glory of God lead them with a pillar of fire by day and a pillar, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Moses saw the very Shekinah glory of God over the Holy of Holiness, uh, uh, Holy of Holies in that tabernacle. Moses went up on that mountain, the Bible said, and, and God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And of all these experiences that Moses had with the Lord, Moses still wasn't satisfied. He still had a hunger. He still wanted more of God. And he prayed in Exodus 33, I pray thee, show me your glory. He still wanted more. That's the way I am. I want more. I'm not going. I'm not going to be. I refuse to be satisfied. I want more. God's blessed us these last 20 years. God's done great things for Abundant Life Family Church. God's doing great things right now. Praise God. But I want to see His glory manifested in a greater way. I want more and more and more of Him. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah! I mean, Paul was that way. Paul caught up into heaven, wasn't he? Into the third heaven, he saw Jesus. He received an abundance of revelation. He heard things and was told things that were not, and saw things that were not lawful for him to talk about. And he had such a relationship with the Lord, but then he still said, Oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. He still had a hunger for God and for the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke one fifty three says that he has filled the hungry. Listen to this. Luke one fifty three. He has filled the hungry with good things. How many want some good things? Hunger and thirst after that righteousness. He's filled the hungry with good things. And the rich... 
In other words, those that say, I don't need anything. I got everything I need. The rich he sent away empty. Keep that hunger, ladies and gentlemen. Keep that thirst for God. See, righteousness, righteousness in our life is required for that spiritual life, just as food and water is required for physical life. Righteousness and righteous living is not optional. It is a spiritual necessity. And nobody, none of us, are going to arrive in our spiritual lives until we reach heaven. Amen. Paul said, I've not yet attained. I'm not yet perfect. He said, but I'm pressing. Woo, I'm still hungry. I'm still pressing. <laughs> I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. And we need never to stop hungering for more of God's righteousness and holiness to be manifested in our lives. Amen. Oh, Isaiah thought he is pretty, you know, he's a prophet. He's a prophet of God. He's, you know, he's doing right, living right. He's... You know, but he's in the temple and he's seeking the Lord one day and he he saw the Lord high and lifted up and the robe, his robe filled the temple and he saw the seraphims there and the uh, you know, the seraphims around the throne of God crying, Holy, holy, holy. And when he saw God in his glory, he said, What did he say? Woe is me, for I am undone and I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. See, he saw his need of more of God. And when he did, God sent one of those seraphims with, took the tongs, got a coal of fire off that altar, brought it down, laid it upon his lips and upon his tongue, and he said, Your sin is purged. Oh, I want that closeness to God. I want that hunger and thirst for him. Amen? See, we've got to continually hunger and thirst till the day that we're made entirely, completely like Jesus in that glorified body. And here's shouting ground. Are you ready? Oh, praise God. Beloved, 1 John chapter 3. Hallelujah. Beloved, verse 2, 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are the children of God. Now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone, here it is, who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That's that hunger. That's that desire, amen, that we have to be like Jesus. Now, let me close this out. He said, blessed are they... Are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, and then the result of that spiritual hunger was what? They shall be filled. In other words, you, you, you can't, God is, the Lord is not going to ignore a, a, a spiritually hungry individual. He's not going to ignore them. He's not going to push them aside. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for rice, for they shall be filled. That word, that word filled is the Greek word that means to be satisfied or to be full. That was a Greek word that was used when it, it was used concerning feeding of animals, that when they would feed the animals that they wanted, they would feed them until they were 
totally, completely satisfied and wanted nothing more. That's how it was used in the Greek language. But they were to give them enough food and allow them to eat. In other words, there wasn't any rationing and putting just a little bit of food out, but they gave them enough to eat until they were completely satisfied. It was kind of like when Jesus fed the 5,000, you know, and uh, when he fed the 4,000. And on both occasions, those people that he provided, five, five little barley loaves, two little small fish, five biscuits, and two sardines. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And he took that little meager amount and he multiplied it till 5,000 men plus their families all ate and were full. They were filled. They were satisfied. Then took up 12 baskets full of leftovers. But that's what that word means. They shall be filled. What Jesus is saying, you'll be completely satisfied. That those who hunger and thirst for his righteousness will have total satisfaction. You won't be looking for it. You won't be singing, I can't get no satisfaction because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. No, if you'll hunger and thirst after the Lord and after Jesus and after righteousness, you will be totally, fully satisfied. And when you when you, when you are genuinely hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God, you will find it so satisfying that you'll just want more of it. The more of him you get, the more of him you want. Psalm 107, 9 said, For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. David said in Psalm 34, 10, and we sing about this every once in a while, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Psalm 23 and 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is satisfaction ladies and gentlemen. Praise God. Jesus told those crowds that followed him there near Capernaum in John 6 35, he said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger and he who believes in me shall not, shall never thirst. That is total satisfaction. No more trying to find satisfaction in the pleasures of the world because everything you need is in Jesus Christ. It's not Jesus plus something else. It's everything you need. Total satisfaction is in Jesus. Come on, amen. That is being filled, amen. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You won't want anything else that the world has to offer when you find Jesus. See, the devil will tell people, and he tells people all the time, well, holiness and happiness don't go together. That's what that world thinks, Brother Bob. You know, whole, that holiness and church life and all of that, that, that don't go with happiness. And you know what? A lot of times Christians have given the world that attitude by going around with the Long face and, you know, complaining and grumbling and poor old me attitude all the time. But praise God, that's another message. But, but that's the lie that the devil feeds the world. He tells people that if you live righteous, you can't have no fun. But do you know the devil's a liar? Amen. Because if you hunger for holiness, you'll be filled with the fullness of God. That's what Jesus is saying to you. Amen. Can I give you one more scripture? Huh? I want to. All right. 
John chapter 7, verse 37 and through 39. I didn't, I didn't write it. I just wrote the reference down. It came to me a little later this afternoon. But Jesus, on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, on the last day. There they got it. Thank you, Miss Katie. The last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out and said, If anyone, what? Thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart or out of his belly, the King James says, your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit or the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, he has been glorified now. He has paid the price. And he tells every single one of us, every one of his children, if you will hunger and thirst, if, you want, if you're thirsty, he said, come to me and drink, and out of your belly will flow rivers. Rivers, not just a river, but rivers of living water. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for more of Jesus. So you know what? If you, if you want more of the Holy Spirit or need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you just got to thirst for Him. You got to thirst and hunger, and you will be satisfied. Let's lift our hands and give Him praise. Lord, we thank You so very much. Oh, for You.